Hi, and welcome to lesson three, Master of Manifestation. So in this lesson, we're going to talk about the hidden world of thought, feelings, and action, or the lack thereof. Do you keep your word? And did you keep your word? Did you declutter your home? Did you declutter your drawers, your room, your closets, your kitchen, your bathroom, like we talked about in lesson two? Did you make a focused effort to move your body at all every day, even for five minutes, not just getting up and walking to the kitchen or the bathroom, but did you get out and actually do something for your body? Focused effort, commitment to self. Did you drink more water? And did you pay attention to your thoughts and feelings and your actions, meaning what you do? Or did you just continue to go through life in that half sleep? If you have begun to look at yourself, you become aware of what you think. And when you do so, you can drop those old thoughts and you can become a creator. See, your power is in yourself. It's not outside of you. And if you haven't done the things that we talked about, get out a piece of paper and write down why. And if you did most of them, but not all of them, sit down and write why. Commit to yourself. Ask yourself why you think you didn't do the things that you set out to do. Even if you have to say, because I just didn't want to, that's fine. Because you're beginning to understand and see yourself. And in doing that, and admitting that you just didn't want to, you're going to get underneath the why you don't want to. And it may be that it appears to you that you were too busy, or you're just lazy, or you're rebellious, or because someone or something got in your way. And it may even be because someone labeled you. But underneath all of this, in order to really change your life, you know that you have to apply what is in these lessons. And these lessons mean that you have to change. You see, I'm always learning with you. I'm not really teaching you. I'm just learning with you, telling you what I've learned. So you have to know yourself and you've got to get underneath the what behind the why. So in this lesson, we're going to talk about transgenerational or ancestral overlays and what that could look like for you. For example, why do you sabotage your relationships or sabotage your career, your relationships with coworkers, your job? Why do you sabotage yourself financially or with your health? Now keep this in mind. If you don't change, nothing changes. And it's really simple. All of these things are simple, but they're not easy. And even that is a belief, but we have to work at it. And when we do the work, it actually becomes very easy. So get out your piece of paper and write down why you didn't follow through. Get to know yourself. Maybe you're going to say you got too busy and take a look at that. Take a look at the things that you write down. These are the things that you use to keep yourself from having what you want. Because very deeply underneath what you say, 
what you think and what you feel and what you do is a belief that either you don't deserve it or you'll never get there or that you can't have it or that you're not good enough. And I can go on and on and on, fill in the blank. And that's what's going to come up. Those are the things that are absolutely not true. They're just things that you were taught and learned to believe. You acquired that knowledge. And in acquiring it, you can unacquire it or drop it. Because deeply embedded underneath is a subconscious mind that's going to help you change that. That's a gift to you. And when you become aware of these reasons that you're giving, you will change them. You'll see them and they drop away. You don't have to own those old beliefs. As a matter of fact, you will change them and you will own a new belief. And the belief will be the truth that you are endowed with everything that everybody else is that is successful. So you're going to learn step by step how to get where you want to be. You're going to do the work. It's all up to you. That's your power. So your thoughts have, well, I should say you have, obviously we all have thoughts and feelings and words and actions, but transcending all of them requires an all encompassing will and drive. Usually what drives you, what you really want out of life is hidden from everyone that knows you, even from you yourself. And if you think you've got it figured out, you're probably on the wrong track. It's not something that you can quite put your finger on because it's the very, very core of what keeps you ticking. And here's the trick. You can't necessarily know it. You can only be it. And that is the secret, is the being. Because when you be it, you're vibrating, you're resonating, your energy and your frequency is that thing. And the energies around you that surround you are in relationship to that vibration. So ask yourself this question. How far away from being who I am or who I want to be do I feel I am? So how far away from that idea? Just write it down. Whatever it is that comes up, whether it's anger, resentment, or I don't know, write it down. You don't know. Because when you start asking these questions, you're going to start getting the answers. So what does that feel like? What do you feel like? If it's really close, do you feel like it's right there and right out of your grasp and you're frustrated? Or do you feel that it's really far away? Do you feel that it's unachievable? Or do you feel like you don't know where it is? Start to identify this. Be honest with yourself. And the way that you're going to know this is how much you feel like you're struggling or grasping or to have, for example, the relationship that you want or to living the life that you want for being the outer person that you want to be, including are you being that CEO? Are you being that entrepreneur, that artist, that successful being? that you want to be. So it's about 
living a life that you want by knowing what it is. That's why I asked you to begin. What do you want? Why do you want it? What do you think stands in the way? And here we are. We are working on what stands in the way. And when we remove those obstacles by facing them, bringing them up and finding them, some of the things that you think you want drop away and better things spring up. Manifesting is not just repeating vain repetition uh, affirmations. It's not trying to shove your mind into a world that it does not want to go. It's about checking in with who you know you are and what you want at your core. The Oracle of Delphi, what was at the top of the doorpost? Know thyself. And before you entered, you had to know thyself. And then the Oracle could answer you. And that's another mystery we'll go into much later in these lessons. And the same is the idea of knowing the universe. The energy source that keeps the universe ticking is so deep that it's way beyond any created human being's grasp. No thought can grasp that, even the deepest desire, even the deepest yearning of someone's heart. It only catches a glimmer of it. And when it does, it doesn't even have any words to describe it. How many times have we seen this, heard this from sages, from the gurus? And just from ordinary people who grasp that thing and there's just no words. And this is why we keep silent and we hold the essence within us that's being. You need to hold and feel that essence of who you are, of who you know yourself to be deep down, or let that spring up. That's what this is doing. We are learning to allow and then the life that you want to live begins to manifest from within you. But you do it in silence. This is going within. And what many of us have learned to do from a very young age is interact with the outer world, thinking that is the beginning when it's the within, the unseen world that creates the outer and just with energy and the law of attraction and the God force, you can't touch it. You can sort of have a hunch of what it is, but not really. But you can become it. Meaning you can allow the force, the energy, the law to shine through you by your inner connection to it. That's what meditation is about. That is what gratitude is about. That is what your good deeds are about. It's the expression of your inner that sustains the universe. When you meditate or live in a state of gratitude and a generous spirit, you become the vehicle through which that inner will is expressed. You and the law or God or fill in the blank of what you call the God force, you become one with it. And that's the, the secret again, sort of, or we think it is, of becoming one. You're plugged in to that which is, that isness. And that isness is beyond things like higher and lower. Like we measure everything in this universe higher, lower, closer, further. And that isness says we are equal because we have it within us. But we have to allow it to work through us. And we have to change the 
egotistical needs and desires to be in more alignment with the truth of who we are, the greatness that we have within us without being egotistical and thinking we're higher or lower or closer or further than another person. You see, it's people, it's us who complicate this process by making a big show and that gets in the way and it doesn't allow the light to break through into the open three-dimensional world. Now, Neville Goddard made a statement. He said, manifesting is simple, but it isn't easy. So what we find is that the the simple people, the people that have a heart that is filled with the faith or childlike belief, you you hear this in the Bible, you hear this in sermons and in uh, many wise people use that. You have to have the heart and the mind of a child. And that doesn't mean immature. It means in complete wonderment and faith and live in that play-like state with an earnest open heart. And then the light breaks through and it glows and it reflects everything out into this world. That which these quote unquote simple people intended through an open loving heart. It's not complicated. It isn't wearing Gucci and all these other things. That's not what it's about. It's the true essence of what it means to love and be in alignment. It's simple. It's pure. That's what that means. And so again, it's what is referred to in the Bible about being like a child to enter the kingdom of God or fill in the blank, whatever you want to call it. And so you might say, well, you're using a measurement because you use the word simple, but I have to communicate. So you have to understand that. Don't let that get in your way. And it also talks about in the Bible, poor people or widowed people. And that's not about being in poverty. And it doesn't actually mean a woman or a man who is widowed and lost their husband or wife. What it means is you drop the fake show of the external ego, that you're not courting that flash ego and faking it. And those are the people who enter with a pure heart. Because if you really are being it, you're not faking it. And you know the difference. So you have to know yourself and you have to be able to work with yourself and be honest with yourself. And in this way, you begin to reach beyond high, low, close, far, up, down, left, right. So let's take a look at what may be holding you locked into an image or imaginary uncomfortable space. The word image is in the word imagination. It's a picture. And where is that picture? It's in your mind. Always. Even what you see in the outside world is pictured in your mind. And remember what we talked about in the introduction? Where is your mind? We don't know. But we know that the brain is processing the input from all of your senses. So what you're sending is only able to, or I should say what you're seeing is, is only able to download and show you the familiar. That's what the brain does. That's its job. And it does the job very well. But now we want to understand how it works to change it. And we have to begin with our own history. We have to begin understanding how our neural networks and our brain works based on what we were taught, based on what we downloaded as children. Remember, you don't become what you think. You become what you believe. 
I just talked about how you're a child of God or the child of the universe because, and because of that, you've got everything within you to create just like everybody else. The difference where you place your attention, that's the difference. Where do you place your attention? Where do you place your focus? What does your brain do when it sees, for example, a beautiful woman, whether you're a man or a woman? What does your brain do? How does it download the information when you see a specific car, a specific home, a person getting a promotion, your own job? What does it do? What does it say? What does it feed back to you when you look in the mirror? So where you place your attention and your focus needs to be upon yourself because you're the one that creates reality based on how your mind and your brain are working together. So it needs to be upon the mind and what you're thinking and what that makes you feel like, what you're feeling makes you think. And then how do you follow that in action? What are the ways that you do things or refuse to do them? So again, we're talking about self-awareness. This is the most important thing. That's why we begin with a foundation of always looking within. We start with self-awareness. So we can begin to dig a little bit deeper and we're going to clear out more of the clutter that we started last week. So when we're born, we form an attachment with our parent figure or whatever that figure that was acting as a parent was. Could be a sibling that raised you, could be a grandparent, an aunt or an uncle, or who knows, maybe your family dog raised you. Maybe nobody raised you or it felt that way, but somebody fed you, somebody clothed you, somebody taught you through their actions, whether or not they verbally did it, you downloaded that information and you came in with an ancestral overlay because it's energy that's implanted in your DNA and you came in with your own special uniqueness right? That's just the energy. And then you learned a lot. So we depend on our parents to survive or whoever your primary caretaker was. And so your lack of safety or the safety that you were given in that relationship has imprinted on your mind and body, just like their safety or lack thereof was imprinted upon their body. Remember, it is survival as a child, as an infant. And so safety or lack thereof is first and foremost. When you cry, are you fed? Are you changed? Are you held? Are you loved? Are you rocked? Do you, are you held next to one of your parents' heartbeats? So lack of safety in a childhood home or just in your childhood can look like, think about this, a parent that had really unpredictable moods that swung left and right. You never knew when they were going to go off. You never knew when they were going to drop into a depression. You didn't know what they were going to do. Were they available? Did they show up when they were supposed to pick you up? Did they forget about you? So another one, no clear boundaries, yelling, fits of rage, right? No boundaries, no understanding of self, 
they took their anger, their frustration, and they threw it upon you or someone in the household. And you picked up that energy. What did that make you do? What does that make you feel like? Was there avoidance? Did they ignore you as a child? Did they emotionally dump upon you? Parents typically, when they are talking to <laughs> their kid, uh, my parents didn't do this, but and, and I wish they would have done some of it, but you know, you get what you get. But sometimes when they emotionally dump on you, you take on all the parents' stuff and you think, oh my God, I'm responsible for this. How do I help them? How do I heal it? And, and what have you become from that? And what about cruel and harsh punishment? What about corporal punishment? Did they hit you? Did they lock you in closets? Did they tie you up? Did they call you name or names? Were they verbally insulting? Was there financial insecurity in the home? Was someone always really worried about not having? How did that affect you? Think about these things. And as you're listening to this right now, write them down. You might pause this and say, holy cow, it's this. And what about dysfunctional relationships between parents, a cheating father or a cheating mother? Think about that. What did that look like? Were they together together or were they together and apart or were they just apart? Did they hate each other? What was the divorce like? What was the marriage like? What was the relationship like? What did you learn? Write words down that come into your head, feelings that come up. That was theirs. When we grow up in this environment, we learn at a very young age that adults can't be trusted. And we learn that relationships mean that we can be hurt, that we can be violated or abandoned, and that people are not what they say they are or who they are. And it's understandable, and it's also not surprising that most adults struggle to have healthy relationships. Most people hadn't, didn't have a model. What was that supposed to look like? What is healthy? And who determines healthy? Do you? Or does society? And this is where you have to not settle. Some of the signs that you want to pay attention to is the way that you took on these wounds. How do you consciously or unconsciously carry the pain, the memories? So I want you to think about this as you write those words down. What did it feel like in your family home? And this applies to your work, your career, money, health, your attitude towards other people, to life in general, what does it say about you? What do you believe it says about you? What do you say about yourself? What do you think about yourself based on that child that may be locked in emotional wounding, trying desperately to get out? Because what you're going to find is, is it's reflected in your reality. And you'll feel and see things like jealousy, envy, hatred, backbiting, gossiping, being underhanded, verbally mean. And there's more. You get the idea. And then what are the positive traits? What do you, what do you love? How do you love? What is it that you like to do that makes you feel generous and magnanimous and bigger, lovelier, more expansive, in a state of gratitude? Think about those things. 
Now get out a piece of paper and I, if you haven't, and write these questions, or I should say, I want you to rate these questions from one to 10. One is being the least, and if you want to write zero, you can write zero, and 10 is being the greatest. Do you feel scared, anxious, or uncomfortable in relationships, and do you want to run from them? So uh, go with scared, anxious, uncomfortable, and then relationships and running from them. There's four things you can rate right there. Next, you find it hard to connect with people emotionally. Do you feel overly needy? Do you smother people when you're in relationships? Do you feel smothered and that other people are overly needy in your relationships? Do you lie or do you hide truths to avoid conflict? Do you lie and avoid truths, hard truths, so that people don't really see who you are? Because you're afraid that if they do, they'll run. That you won't be loved anyway because you're not lovable. And what is your self-worth? What is that like? How do you value yourself? Do you put a price on yourself or are you priceless? Do your relationships have a push-pull, up-down dynamic? Do you say things that are mean and cruel just to trigger your partner, to test them, to get emotional reaction from them, to see if they'll give you the response? And if they don't, do you punish them? Do you ghost people and not talk to them for days on end because you can't use your words to tell them how you feel? Are you afraid to tell people how you feel because you're afraid of being vulnerable? Does giving to your partner in any way feel scary? Do you have any issues giving other people space? Do you trust them when they want to take space? What does it feel like when somebody wants to take space from you? What does it feel like when you want to take space? And why do you do it? And how often do you do it? And is it a healthy space taking? When you react emotionally and manipulatively, is that because you feel someone pull away from you or is it because you're afraid of being loved because then you will have to be vulnerable? You're going to have to be open. Do you have a problem with people engaging in hobbies or activities? And do you have a problem with engaging in your own, leaving someone out or even including them? And if so, why? And that's okay. You're finding out about yourself. There's no right or wrong here. So on a separate piece of paper or on the flip side of that paper, write down the answers to the following statements. And this is going to help you gain an understanding, like we spoke about in the first lesson, deeply in your deep mind and unlock what holds you back from having what you want. Remember, you get what you believe. So in what ways can you bring awareness to your own needs? Well, you could answer the questions above and then, and then ask yourself, what do I need? What is it when I look at these that I need? In what ways can you learn to set clear boundaries? In what ways can you say to yourself, 
I'm the king or queen or whatever you want to call it of my uh, universe, my life, and I'm priceless and I'm not going to settle. And these are the things that I want. And in those things that you want, are you them? Have you become them? And if not, we ha- we are going to learn how to get there. So how did your childhood environment shape your view of relationships? And what relationships did you witness and have as a child with your family and friends? What were you told about love? What did you experience about love? What was you what were you told about money? And what was your experience with money? What were you taught about life? And what has your experience been about life? You might say, my parents would say one thing and did another, or I saw this, but this always happened. And did anyone limit or tell you that you can only have what they say you can have? And did you believe it and why? And it may just be because you were seven years old. So what you're doing here is you're learning to clearly communicate how you're actually feeling. And this is yours. You can burn it when you're done and you can begin to name what it was that you were actually feeling. So you can see it, not what you were told to feel, but what you really feel. Because some parents would stop you from feeling tears and they would say, big girls, big boys don't cry. And you'd be thinking to yourself, but I want to cry. And you weren't allowed to release that emotion in a healthy way. In being aware of what you think and what you feel about money, life, relationships, love, responsibility, abandonment, trust, peace, harmony, anger, your bosses, your superiors, your interaction with others, and what you believe about people, you can then shine light upon the dark spaces of your mind. It's not scary to face the dark when you know that you carry the light to banish the dark. The light that you carry within you is that connection that you have within you. You have the light within you. It's connected to a greater light. It's your mind. It's your feelings. It's a spark of fire within you. You must learn to be the king or queen of your world. This means taking effective action, really doing something. Nice feelings and noble intentions are fabulous, but unless they blossom into action, they just wither away and surrender and fall into nothingness. You have the power to pick that up and make them something. So here's part of the secret. Once you have really connected to yourself and declared what you want, your visualizations produce really great feelings and then really great intentions, and the really good feelings and great intentions turn into solid action, and then an amazing thing happens. Your whole being resonates and is lifted into a new plane of being. Everything changes. You discover emotions and capabilities that you never even imagined are there, could be there, because when you change, everything changes. You see, this is where the physical plane or the world is so important. It is important. People go, don't look at the physical world. Well, of course, it's a mirror. You've got to look at it. You live in it. Even if you don't want to, you still live in it. The physical actions that you take taps into a place so far beyond the consciousness or even your subconscious mind to the actual essence core of the human being. It resides in the crown of your head. The, well, 
it is in the deep mind. Start to look at, look things up like, what is the pineal gland? What does the eye of Horus look like? Oh, wow. Could that be the thalamus? Could that be the hypothalamus? Could that be the, you see what I'm saying? The pituitary gland? Oh, what's in here? Know yourself. That's just your brain. and Your mind works through that. Look at the different hormones that they, that they release. Why do they release them? When do they release them? We're going to talk about all of that in all of these courses. So from there, a whole new person in your mind, in your brain, allegedly, or both together, can literally be shaped a new person. An entire life can be transformed. My mentor used to say, do something. Even if it's wrong, just do it because it leads to something else. And he used to say, when you've lost all hope and all faith and your heart feels empty, I don't care. Do something. Throw yourself into it. Because when you do that, you'll discover that you are the king or queen and the whole world falls into place at your demand and your command. And he would say, why is that? What happens when you throw your being completely into something? You forget about all the other stuff. And that was just one thing that he would have me do. So for this week, I want you to get up and I want you to do. Do what? What you were supposed to do last week? Clean the house. Declutter your closets. Declutter your drawers, your bathroom, your kitchen, the things that you have not used or worn and probably will not use or wear. Donate them to a church or a shelter or a charity or leave them out on the corner like people do in the Bay Area where other people can pick it up and pass it on. Get up and deliver what you need to be rid of. Write in your calendar, I'm going to clean and declutter at 6.30 p.m. on Tuesday for two hours, for 15 minutes. And then declutter. And when you give yourself your word that you're going to do it, do it. Make your word law because this is part and parcel to becoming whole with yourself. When you say you are going to do something, you do it. And if you don't do it and commit to it, it shows that you're not serious about having what you want. You don't want it that badly or you're not ready to have it because you don't believe you can have it. But I'm telling you, if you try this, you will start to see miracles. Even if you resentfully, reluctantly, resistantly do it, pissed off, throwing things in the trash can, or throwing them in a bag to stick out on the lawn or drop off at a park, whatever it is that you do, you'll start to see miracles. You'll start to feel lighter. And you'll start to realize that when you say you're going to get up every day and make your bed and brush your teeth and wash your hair and do all that stuff and go to work with a happy attitude, that you go to work with a happy attitude for the majority of the time. And there's going to be ups and downs and you're going to be triggered and you're going to be faced by people, but you're going to come back to the realization that the world is reflecting back to you something within yourself. How you handle those people that trigger you, how you handle all of your triggers is a choice. And that choice is your superpower. So you'll see the miracles. And the fact is, if you keep a firm, perpetual, never-ending, unyielding connection to that 
law, that source, your God force, insert whatever you want to call source, you're going to see the magic and you're going to experience the magic because you are the magic. It's within you. So I'll see you at next week's lesson.